29 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Rilly, and tonight I am riding solo. Yes, that's correct. It'll be my sweet, sweet voice that you will hear all night long. No, it's not the Peter Way podcast. We'll be starting up soon. This is the Never Ending Glory fantasy football podcast, and we are going to get you guys ready for your drafts that are hopefully haven't happened yet. Um, that'll be kind of poor if they did. Bad timing on our part. But uh, we are a week away from opening night. It is Thursday night. I'm watching the Patriots play the Giants. It's a piss poor game because all the backups are playing. Um, but the NFL season is less than a week away, so I am very excited about that. I hope you are too. And uh, tonight we will just take a look at different uh, fantasy drafts that I've gone through the past few days to see where values are, are coming into play now and, and who you can pick in your draft early or late to help make sure that you hoist the championship trophy at the end of the season. And at the end of the podcast, we will actually have on Adam from Thrive Fantasy to talk about a partnership that we have with them. They have a really cool uh, app out there now at Thrive Fantasy. You can check them out in the uh, App Store. You can check them out on Twitter at Thrive Fantasy. Um, but they have a really cool uh, daily fantasy football, sports, and daily basketball, baseball, all that good stuff uh, that differentiates themselves a little bit from the big guys. But uh, I think something that really is uh, in line with what we're seeing today in sports gambling and how that's becoming more and more of a norm and not something that you do, you know, you meet some shady character in the, uh, in the back alley to give that you want to take the Patriots plus seven over the Jets. So anyways, actually against the Jets, it'd probably be about plus 21 this year. But anyways, let's dive into fantasy football talk. Uh, like I said, we are so close to week one, and oh, it feels so good. It's been a long time since we've been able to actually sit on our couch and just watch the stats, hashtag point pound, all the different guys uh, winning you your fantasy weeks. You can talk more and more shit to your buddies, um, your wife, I guess, if you want, if you want to play fantasy football with her, your family, your parents, I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, we're going to make sure that you are uh, able to hoist a championship trophy at the end of the season because that's what it comes down to. It's always about the money, of course, but the trophy is a, uh, a fun part too. So this year, uh, Nick Schill from the League from the Ville hoisted the trophy and drank uh, the concoction of alcohol <laughs> that we put in that trophy. Uh, haha, buddy. But anyways, um, let's talk about different guys. So I've actually had four drafts in the past three nights. That's right, four drafts in three nights. Tuesday night, I had a Dynasty and Redraft League. Now, the Dynasty draft was just rookies, but, you know, I wanted to be involved, so I was paying attention to trade talks. I was seeing all the different guys that were being drafted. Well, at the same time, I was trying to draft from a 12-team league, and uh, <laughs> that league, the results did not go as expected, but I still think I have some potential there. But what I want to talk about first tonight uh, has to do with the rookie draft, and that's the value, the current value of Royce Freeman running back for the Denver Broncos. So Freeman was a third-round pick out of Oregon and got drafted by the Broncos, and after they cut C.J. Anderson, it looked like that Freeman had a real opportunity to gain that starting job. Well, Devontae Booker was still there, and Vance Joseph had not given the okay to Royce Freeman. He hadn't handed the, the keys over to the, the starting role at running back, and that still is the case. However, there's a lot of juice behind Royce Freeman right now, and last night he got drafted in the third round of a redraft league. He also got drafted second overall in the rookie draft, which, you know, the way that the way that um, the rookies have gone this year with Sony Michelle getting hurt, Rashad Penny struggling, we'll talk about him later, and Darius Geis tearing his ACL, you know, maybe Royce Freeman is good value as a second rookie in a dynasty draft. But again, you know, we're talking about long-term here. Does Freeman look like he's going to help out now? 
Yeah, he does. Will he? We'll see because, again, he still has not been given the starting job at running back this year. Devontae Booker is still in the conversation, and I agree with everybody that's telling me that Devontae Booker sucks. The guy's terrible. He's had three years to figure it out, two years to figure it out. He hasn't done it. He's looked bad. Uh, But I still think Royce Freeman in the third round of a redraft league is just absolutely foolish. I in the first three rounds, you need to get three solid starters, and all those guys are there for the taking. You're trying to tell me that you would rather have Royce Freeman over a guy like Jarvis Landry or over you know, Golden Tate or a third-round running back could be like Jordan Howard? I wouldn't. I, Kenyon Drake? No. Give me all those guys over Royce Freeman. And the reason being is you don't want to be drafting a guy that might be getting 10 touches a game because... Devontae Booker is still there. They haven't given the job to Freeman yet, and until they do, he will not be on any of my fantasy football teams. If you got him in the 6th, 7th, 8th round a few few weeks ago, God bless you. God bless you. you you're you making a great return on that investment. Uh, but unfortunately, that really just has not been the case. Uh, that won't be the case if you're taking him in the third, third round. So, Royce Freeman... He's really, really got a lot of smoke behind him, got a lot of juice behind him. I say back off for now. And in the third round, again, look at a guy like Jarvis Landry. We've seen him be targeted so much in Cleveland. And looking at a few of the different uh, drafts that I did, Jarvis Landry's been a target of mine. In three out of the four drafts, well, three out of the three redraft leagues, I got him in all three leagues. Uh, One league I got him in the third round, that was a 14-team league. And then two leagues I got him in this in the fourth round, which I felt much better taking him in the fourth round versus the third round, obviously. But, uh, gosh, I mean, Landry, given the opportunity for 10 targets a game, is going to be a surefire back in wide receiver one. If he's able to get into the end zone, then he's going to be back into the top five like he was last season. Now, everybody's going to dog the Browns. That's fine. That, that's cheap. That's easy. You can go for it. However, let's be realistic here. Tarod Taylor, not Tyrod, Tarod, he can actually get the ball to his receivers. And I think that Jarvis Landry has a real opportunity to be a stud wide receiver one in fantasy this year because he has a legitimate receiver. They also have a running game in Cleveland. So Carlos Hyde's there, Nick Chubb's there, Duke Johnson. And there's also other help on the inside, on the other side. David Njoku, the tight end, is going to get some, some pressure, uh, some, some coverage as well, take some pressure off of Jarvis Landry. Josh Gordon's back. Hand up. We were wrong. We thought he was going to be suspended. He wasn't. He's got some baby mama drama going on, apparently. But he's going to take a ton of attention away from Jarvis Landry. So Landry's now going to be sitting there with not a lot of people looking at him. And he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's shifty and he's got great hands. So give me Jarvis Landry in the third round. The Monday Night Man took him in our league in the third round, and, and he's he's thrilled with that pick, and, and I don't blame him. I've been, I've been targeting him there for the past few weeks. I've been getting him in the third round. I have one more draft coming up next week. I'll be picking at the end of the first. I'll be lucky if he's there for me at the end of the third. We'll see. It's a 10-team league, so it could happen. But uh, he will definitely be somebody that I'm targeting. And I think that if you are picking in the third round, or when you pick in the third round, if Jarvis Landry is there and you're set at running back, I say definitely take a look at him. Uh, Speaking of running backs, some guys that I'm starting to see some juice as well are Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey. Last night in my draft, 14-team league, picking 12, I actually took Kareem Hunt 12 and then Christian McCaffrey on the way back at 12, 13, 14, pick 16, um, 17. I don't know. I suck at math. That is possibly 
one of the more perfect drafts uh, or, or best starts I could even dream of. I mean, I don't understand why Cream Hunt is still being valued as a late first-round pick. I think maybe it has something to do with Patrick Mahomes and the questions surrounding him. But I think Mahomes has shown us that he can be a capable quarterback. Granted, it's still preseason, small sample size. But it's not like he's Ryan or um, uh, Brock Osweiler here, Jerry's favorite, and a guy who just can't get the ball, uh, you know, past the line of scrimmage. No, Mahomes is an electric weapon. He can get the ball down to Tyreek Hill. He can get the ball to Travis Kelsey, and that means that there are going to be open lanes for Cream Hunt to run. Now, I get that. Again, I understand if you were skeptical of Patrick Mahomes being able to be an NFL quarterback. Therefore, defenses would just stack the box and you know key in on Kareem Hunt, but clearly that's not the case. We know Mahomes can play the, play the game, or at least play well enough for Kareem Hunt to be, a, to be a factor. So, Hunt, I got him at the 12th. I haven't seen him go any earlier than, like, pick 11. Now, I would take him over Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. I mean, all these wide receivers being taken at the back end of the first round, I will gladly take cream hunt over them and when i see these guys get taken before me while i'm when i'm sitting there waiting on hunt i it's just money in the bank i'm I'm sitting there counting my cash i think the only players that i would not take over cream hunt are ezekiel elliott david johnson todd Gurley, Le'Veon bell odell beckham uh, alvin kamara antonio brown deandre hopkins so that means hunt's my number nine player and getting him at 12 it's not the best win in the world, but a win's a win. I see no reason why Cream Hunt can't finish as a top five running back this year. The Chiefs are going to lean on him. I think they learned last year when they stopped giving him the ball midway through the season that, hey, we, this guy needs to be a, a main focus on, on our offense in order for us to win. And hopefully, I think they will definitely learn from their mistakes this year. Another running back I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey. I've been getting him in the second round all week long. I love that pick. I've been harping on C.J. Anderson, saying that I think that he is uh, a real player this year. And it looks like the the Panthers want to make Christian McCaffrey their guy. And that's great. I mean, C.J. Anderson, I still think, is a decent value in the 8th or ninth round. He's going there in 12-team leagues. I think he went as late as 10 last night. 10th round, that is. And, you know, McCaffrey looks like he's going to get the ball at least 20 times a game. Now... Can he hold up is the real question. He, he's bulked up since last season, but he still is not a bigger running back. And I do have concerns with his durability and being able to hold up over a 16-game season as a bell cow running back. But obviously the Panthers have faith in it. They, they want to give him the ball. They want to see what he can do with it. And that's going to translate into nothing but fantasy football success. I mean, he had a long 74-yard touchdown in week one, I believe, or maybe week two of the preseason. And he continues to be a, uh, a factor out of the backfield catching the ball. So if you tell me that I'm going to get four catches a game, five catches a game from from uh, McCaffrey and also get 60 to 70 rushing yards and a touchdown or two, that's a no-brainer RB1 production for the season. And that means that at the end of the second round, or I'm sorry, beginning of the second round, hell, even beginning of the first round at this point, give me, give me McCaffrey over... Those wide receivers I mentioned, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, I will gladly take Christian McCaffrey over those guys in a heartbeat at this point. So if you're drafting, end of the first round, do not be afraid to take Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey. Hell, take both of them. Do it like I did. I, I The fact that I got both those guys 
in my draft uh, last night, I was absolutely thrilled. I also, in one draft, picking six, took Kamara, and on the way back took Christian McCaffrey, which, again, thrilled with that. Great start. Uh, you're going to be getting almost 40 points a game from those two guys as long as they're healthy. So a guy who might not be healthy that kind of scares the hell out of me because I drafted him in the third round in one of my leagues is Doug Baldwin. Uh, I don't think Seattle's going to be very good this year. However, they do not have a ton of weapons. We mentioned the whole Chris Carson and Rashad Penny debate weeks ago. We'll touch upon that real quick. I said a few weeks ago, the Seahawks trade up for Rashad Penny. They're going to give Rashad Penny the ball. Chris Carson is not a good running back. Just because he's in a good situation does not mean that he's going to be a good running back. It means that he will have the opportunity to be a good running back, but if he simply can't get it done, it will not translate into fantasy football success. So please, people, stop drinking the Kool-Aid on Chris Carson. I'm sorry, Jason Farkas, but Chris Carson isn't good. I picked up Rashad Penny's my RB4 in the ninth round in one of my leagues, and I think that I have to be patient with him, which I will be. I'm totally fine with that. Be patient with Penny because he will be the starter before the season's over. Now the question is, will he be good? That is the million-dollar question. I don't know if he will be good. The Seahawks' offensive line is still poo-poo. They will be playing from behind because that defense is not good anymore. And that means that my boy, who I was talking about, Doug Baldwin, will have plenty of opportunities to have a wide receiver one season if that knee stays healthy enough for him to be effective. They're saying right now he will never be 100% all season, which is fine. Not everybody's 100% healthy in the in the NFL anyways. However, I like seeing that in week six or week seven not being 100% healthy, not week one or week three of the NFL preseason. So I took Doug Baldwin 30th overall a couple drafts ago. Don't like that pick today. Um, pretty uh, scared with that pick now because – I thought I was going to get a wide receiver one, but it turns out I might not. However, I coupled him with Jarvis Landry. I mentioned I'm high on Jarvis Landry this year, so I feel really good about that. Another wide receiver that I've been targeting because I just think the value is is fantastic. And again, the Monday Night Man had him in our draft, got him in the third round, I think, or maybe fourth round, Brandon Cooks. I took Brandon Cooks 45th overall last year. Now, as a Patriots fan, I was extremely frustrated with how he played with the Pats. He could not make get separation. With the Patriots line being mediocre last year, unfortunately, he just didn't have Brady did not have time to get uh, Brandon Cooks the ball consistently, and there was a ton of duds uh, throughout his season last year. Now, let's not forget that the two seasons before that with New Orleans, when healthy, Brandon Cooks was a stud. I mean, and I understand going from Drew Brees to Tom Brady and now to Jared Goff, as well as Jared Goff played, it's still a downgrade. However. Brandon Cooks is now going to uh, yet another explosive offense. And let's not forget, they paid the man. I don't care what anybody says. You do not pay somebody $15 million to not give him the ball. Same thing with Rashad Penny. You do not draft Rashad Penny in the first round, move up into the first round, to not give him the ball. Same thing with Sammy Watkins. I like him in the fifth or sixth round. He got paid. He's getting the football. Let's not forget that. So... While maybe last year Simi Watkins struggled with the Rams, and I think there's a, a few different reasons for that, getting to camp late, not being fully fully healed from a foot surgery, Brandon Cook is a whole different animal. He's been with the Rams for months now. He knows the offense. He knows the system. McVay will do everything he can. He's one of the best play callers there is in the NFL. He will do everything he can to make Brandon Cook succeed because you do not give up a first-round pick 
and then pay the man to not give him the ball. He's also one of the most, one of the fastest players in the NFL, and I do think the Rams will find a way to, to utilize him to the best of his abilities. Again, Robert Woods, not very good. Cooper Cup played well last year, but overachieved, I think. So this year, Brandon Cooks, give me 60 catches, 1,100 yards, 68 touchdowns, beautiful value in the fourth round. Again, he's one of those boomer bust guys, so you might not get consistent play week to week if you couple him with a guy like Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry, maybe even a Tyreek Hill. Julian Edelman, when he comes back from suspension, you can get him in the eighth round. Couple Cooks with one of those guys, and you're really going to mitigate any risk of him having a bust game. And then when he has those boom games, you're going to boom on your opponent, and you're going to dominate them, and you'll probably win the high score. And if you do skins like we do in, in the league from the Ville, you'll win an extra 20 to 25 bucks. So Brandon Cooks on the 45th pick, stupid value. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it every single time. I have also been preaching something all draft season, and that's hashtag no QB in the first five rounds. I knew I would be tempted to take a quarterback, to take Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. I wanted one of those guys in the first four rounds, five rounds, but I didn't do it. That's me clapping. I'm patting myself on the back. I did not take a quarterback in the first five rounds, and boy, did that work out for me. In one draft, I took uh, Carson Wentz in the seventh round and then Ben Roethlisberger in the 11th round because Carson Wentz probably probably will not be ready for week one, which is fine. Still happy to make that investment, but Big Ben in the 11th is, is just stupid value. The guy has been a consistent QB1. And he I tweeted out the other day, like, why is it that Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and even Matt Ryan seem to see their value drop into the you know, double-digit rounds. I, I don't get it. I With Matt Ryan, you know, I agree last year was was kind of rough with uh, the uh, uh, the offensive coordinator issue there. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, we've talked at length about how much – Sean Zien and I have talked at length about how much we hate him because he has pretty much just ruined uh, Sean Z's dynasty team. But, um, you know, Matt Ryan, remember, two years ago was the MVP and led the league in scoring for, for fantasy football quarterbacks. So – why the hell is he now drop? There was one league where he dropped to the 16th round, and that makes no sense because he still has Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman, Mohamed Sanu. They have a young, young and upcoming tight end, Austin Hooper. They also have first-round pick Calvin Ridley. I mean, that team has weapons, and they will figure it out. They'll write that shit. Sports Illustrated has them going back to the Super Bowl, I believe, winning the Super Bowl over the Steelers, which is just foolish because the Patriots will be winning the Super Bowl this year, even with their bum receiving core um, and defense. But different story for a different night. That's for the Patriot Way podcast, episode two, coming out soon. Um, but, you know, Matt Ben Roethlisberger has Le'Veon Bell throw to. He'll be there week one. Don't fret. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, now James Washington, Vance McDonald, a solid tight end. It's foolish. I mean, I love it because, again, I'm getting superb value by waiting on a quarterback. But it's foolish to see these guys drop and I, I just don't get it. I mean, what is the stink that's on them? Somebody please explain that to me because it makes no sense to me. Now, in another league, six points per touchdown. My buddy took Aaron Rodgers in the third round. Maybe even second round. I think it was third. And I looked at that like, what, what the hell is he doing? Just wait. I mean, why don't you? I would rather take Again, go back to my guy, Jarvis Landry. 
Give me him in the third round. Jordan Howard in the third round. And then I waited until the 11th round, and I took Matthew Stafford. Maybe it was the 8th round. 8th round, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was the 4th best quarterback last year. Points per, 6 points per touchdown. You know, the justification for moving up for a guy like him, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, is hey, these guys These guys are above and beyond because of six points per touchdown. No, no, they're not. Six points per touchdown devalues the quarterback. Anybody can throw for six points. Every, I mean, anybody can score for, throw for touchdowns. It's Whether it's four points or six points, I, I personally don't agree with that math that that six points just makes these guys above and beyond better. I mean, in the end, the quarterback's going to score the way they're going to score. It's the rushing quarterbacks that that really um, improve the value or, or make a, a di- differentiate between two guys. So, like Cam Newton, if he's throwing for 40 touchdowns but also running for 600 yards and eight more touchdowns, he's the guy that's really differentiating, differentiating himself. Same with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, if healthy. I mean, all these guys that are picking up yards on the ground are, are the ones who are going to be difference makers for you. Not the guys that are just chucking touchdowns and everybody's got the same scoring system. So uh, I will continue to preach the weight on the quarterback. Um, ben Roethlisberger in the 11th round is just gold, absolute gold. I will take Ben Roethlisberger's production in the 11th round and whatever running back I take in the third versus – Aaron Rodgers in the third, and whatever running back that person will take later on to fill up that RB2 void. I mean, say they take, like, a Carlos Hyde. I still like Carlos Hyde this year. I think he's got great value, but not in the fourth round, the sixth round, maybe. Uh, So I guess that's a bad example. Maybe we're talking, okay, Jordan Howard. What's better? Aaron Rodgers and um, a guy like, shit, I don't know, C.J. Anderson versus Jordan Howard and Ben Roethlisberger. It's a no-brainer. In the words of Justin Justin uh, Bieber, it's a no-brainer. Great song. Check it out. DJ Khaled. Monday Night Man loves that song. I, I don't blame him. All right. So, we talk quarterbacks. Let's go on to... Okay. So, I'm a New England guy. I'm not here with the Ohio guys. I can talk about the Patriots running back game situation and not get yelled at. It's, it's going to be so liberating. It's going to feel fantastic. But, um... We won't spend too too much time on it, but I do want to mention Sony Michelle back at practice. Week one is still in question. Rex Burkhead banged up, should play week one, no problem. I think they're just kind of saving him. Still trying to figure out the Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillisley situation. I think Jeremy Hill ends up winning out that job and has some some late round value. But early on, especially with Julian Edelman out and the receiving core being mediocre. James White is somebody who you should 1,000% be targeting in the 7th or 8th round of your drafts. He, he's got the opportunity to catch 6 to 7 balls a game until Edelman's back. Because right now, the Patriots really don't have a slot receiver. Eric Decker got cut. Danny Amendola is in Miami. Julian Edelman was doing some uh, popping some pills, rubbing a little uh, cream on his knee to get back 100%. Don't blame him for that. But... Who are they going to throw to? Gronk, obviously. Chris Hogan, good player. Philip Dorsett, stinks. Braxton Berrios, the rookie, not not ready. Um, Cordero Patterson, who's looked good, but he's been in the league for like five years now. Is he a consistent wide receiver? Probably not. He's athletic as all hell. He's a dumbass. I don't think he he's really is as 
able to get on the same level as Tom Brady, that that's very important with your slot receiver is being as smart as you are athletically talented. And uh, I don't see that with Patterson. But James White has been a sure-handed receiver out of the backfield for the Patriots for years now. They re-signed him last year to an extension. He has the trust of Brady, the trust of Belichick, McDaniels. I I love him. Love. I, I would say he's going to give you RB two value for the first four weeks of the season while Julian Elliman is is suspended. So if you're looking for a running back late, and you know, say you draft a guy like Mark Ingram, and you need somebody to fill that RB two void, go take James White in the eighth round and slot him in until Mark Ingram's back. You you will reap the benefits of that. You'll have an RB2 for the whole season. I think that's a bold, a good strategy that, that will definitely work out for you in the long run. Now, speaking of Mark Ingram, a strategy, I've drafted him in a few leagues. I've also drafted Julian Elliman in a few leagues, but I have not drafted both of them on the same team. Reason being, you are just going to screw yourself out of depth if you do that. Uh, obviously, week five, Edelman will be back. Week five, Mark Ingram will be back. However, those first four weeks, you're really hamstringing yourself because you're going to have to use two top eight draft picks in order to get those two guys. And unless you are no Stradamus and you know who is going to be available uh, late in your draft and you know that they are going, you can see through the future for the first four weeks and you know that they are going to be uh, producers for your fantasy football squad. First off, if you have that uh, ability, holler at me. Follow me on Twitter at ElGrilly88 or Glory Podcast. But even if you have that capability, you, you cannot take both those guys because it's going to absolutely kill your draft. Um, Stupid-ass Yahoo will give you a C+, which was bastards gave me way too many C-pluses this year. And you know one of the, one of the reason why? Because I was taking Peyton Barber. I was taking Peyton Barber in the 10th round. Starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But those worthless projections that have never been right. I've seen one projection one time where it actually gave the correct amount of points. Not how they got there was correct. The yardage and touchdowns were off and receptions or whatever. But the exact amount. It was Heath Miller about three years ago, I believe. Um, But where was I? I was talking about Heath Miller. Okay, Peyton Barber. That's right. Now, with Peyton Barber, he is the starter in Tampa Bay. But these stupid-ass projections have... Ronald Jones is the, as a starter, which I love because all the people that do not listen to the Never Ending Glory podcast, which first off they're dumb for not listening, and second off they're it's great. I win money because of these guys. They're taking Ronald Jones three rounds, four rounds before Peyton Barber. Now we go back to the conversation. If you're going to use a second round pick on Ronald Jones, you're going to give him the opportunity to play. I agree with that 100. But if we are drafting today. You do not take Ronald Jones before Peyton Barber. It makes no sense whatsoever. Jones has been atrocious this preseason. Terrible. Oakland D, sad. Terrible. Peyton Barber's been pretty damn good. Running the ball well. Um, He's been a decisive runner. Has put up the stats. He's going to be a three-down back. Charles Sims got cut. Uh, Injury waiver or injury cut, whatever, designation. So... Peyton Barber will be a three-down back for the Bucks this year, at least early on. That's another guy if you want to take a flyer in Mark Ingram. Go pick up Peyton Barber. 
I don't know why people are drafting Ronald Jones ahead of him, but every single time they do, I'm taking Peyton Barber three rounds later. I think in every fantasy league I'm in this year, every redraft that is, I have Peyton Barber on all my teams, and I've taken him in the double-digit rounds because sometimes I forget he's there, and then I type in his name like, holy shit, why the hell are people taking Ronald Jones over him? It befuddles me. Absolutely befuddles me. Um, let's talk about a wide receiver real quick. Actually, a couple wide receivers here. Eagles have Alshon Jeffrey, who had rotator cuff surgery this offseason, and it looks like he's going to miss the first two games of the season. Nelson Aguilar has been bruised and battered this whole preseason, and I don't think his week one status is up in air, but he might not be 100%. So I love an under-the-radar player that I'm not hearing a lot of talk about, and I'm drafting in the last round of all my leagues, and I'm going to keep it up, and I love it. I have him in a few dynasty leagues. Mike Wallace, the, 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 the burner. Um, he's available in the last round, second to last round, even waivers in almost every league I'm in. He's been awesome. Or he has the opportunity to be awesome if, if Carson Wentz is healthy. Hell, even if Nick Foles is able to, 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 you know, be decent again, he's been terrible this preseason, but even if Foles is able to be 75% of what he was in the Super Bowl and the playoff run, Mike Wallace has a real shot to, in the first few weeks to put up wide receiver two numbers. Uh, if you look at his season last year, take out the first few games where he had one catch for, I think in the first three games he had like three catches for 20 yards combined because that offense was an absolute joke last year. If you take out those three weeks and then take the rest of his season, put it over a 16-game pace, he had 60 catches for about 1,050 yards and like five or six touchdowns. You're telling me you don't think he could repeat that in a better offense, a more downfield offense that has a lot more options and or at least has a capable play caller and capable quarterback? I love Mike Wallace's opportunity the first few weeks of the uh, the 2018 fantasy football season. So if you just have an extra spot on your bench, you know maybe somebody went to the IR, somebody got hurt, I highly suggest that you pick up Mike Wallace. I think you will really, really uh, appreciate that pickup. And, and you're welcome in advance. Um, I guess hell. If Marquise Lee got hurt, if you, or I'm sorry, if you have Marquise Lee in your team, cut him, tore up his knee out for the season, pick up Mike Wallace. But in the meantime, also too, the Jags offense, um, you know, took a hit with Lee getting hurt, and it got a little bit more interesting. And uh, Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook are the two, well, not the two main beneficiaries. We'll get to the main beneficiary of Marquise Lee's injury, but with Westbrook and Keelan Cole. Uh, they are now given the opportunity to, to step up into a legitimate fantasy football role. Last year, we saw both guys flash at times uh, behind um, Marquise Lee and Dante Moncrief. I'm sorry, Moncrief's there now. Moncrief was with the, the Colts last year. But we saw these guys really struggle to get consistent looks year in, year out, or week in, week out. And Moncrief is is in Indianapolis or Jacksonville now, but he's really struggled. And so Cole and Westbrook are the two guys to own out of the Jaguars receiving core. Now, I've been seeing everybody taking um, Keelan Cole before Westbrook, and I disagree with that. I think Westbrook's got to own there. Former Blitkinoff winner, uh, which is the best wide receiver in college football, slipped to the fifth round. I still don't really know why he's a smaller guy, but... He's, the guy's athletic as all hell. And now given the opportunity to potentially be the wide receiver one in Jacksonville, 
He still has Blake Bortles throwing him the ball, but he's he's going in the 12th, 13th, 14th round, if not going undrafted. And I, another player that every time I'm at the end of the end of the draft and I see him there, how do I make room for this guy? And I've made sure to do that the best I can because I do think that – I think Cole will, will have some games, but I think Westbrook will end up being the guy that you want to own from the Jaguars receiving core. But the main beneficiary from Mark Lee's injury will be Austin Safarian Jenkins, tight end, newly signed. He was on the Jets last year. Last year was more of a uh, – after getting on the rehab game, was more of a uh, touchdown threat. But this year, he's a bigger guy, big body. He'll go across the middle. Uh, I think he will definitely be the guy that ends up getting most of the intermediary looks from Bortles, a lot of dump-off passes. In PPR leagues, especially leagues where you just punt the tight end position, which I've done because really after Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Olsen, I don't love any of the tight ends. But given the opportunity to take Safarian Jenkins in one of the last rounds is is something, an opportunity I've taken a few times so far uh, this season. You know, he's being ranked by all the experts in the top 20, you know, maybe 22, 23, which that's just cheap, that's boring, that's lazy. Safarian Jenkins had the ch- a chance to be a top 12 tight end in, in PPR leagues. And he's got red zone appeal. Obviously, you know, goal line situations, they're going to probably go to Leonard Fournette more often than not. But in order to keep defenses honest, they, they might throw the ball too. And when they do, I think Safarian Jenkins will end up being the, the, the main guide for Bortles to target. And... He could give really, really good fantasy football value in 2018. And if you're in a dynasty league, not as much value, but still, you know, something that you could look forward to long term. Um, final guy I want to talk about tonight, and unfor- unfortunately the ship kind of sailed on him, is uh, Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Bucks. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He was a player that really uh, stuck out to me as a potential breakout candidate and, uh, you know, we drafted a month ago and I took him with one of my last picks and now all of a sudden you're seeing him go in the top 12 rounds and, um, you know, don't say I'm a guru for nothing. Uh, <laughs> okay. That was corny as all hell, but, um, Godwin, I think has a really good opportunity to, to shine and put up wide receiver three numbers this year. So if he's available, if somehow, some way your league did not hear about Godwin being a, a potential player for you, um, Find a way to get him on your team. He still is a relative, relative unknown. So if you're able to, to trade for him for cheap, I highly suggest that. Uh, you know, it'll definitely, uh, I think it'll definitely give you dividends uh, moving forward. And especially when Jameis Winston comes back from his suspension. Um, you know, he's, Godwin's a player, a second round pick out of Penn State. Had a huge week 17 last year when it didn't really matter for fantasy football purposes. He's got talent, he's got good hands, uh, and he's in a great situation in in Tampa Bay. So that's who I like based on my last four drafts. Like I said, I have one more coming up. We're a week away from the NFL season. Uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. This is my favorite time of the year. Pumpkin beer, which I'll get shit on by the the Cleveland boys, but that's totally fine. I like my beer with with fruit and, uh, I guess, gourds in it. Bumbleberry, shout out to uh, to Fatheads Brewing Company. Um, but you know, these are some of the trends I've been seeing. Uh, some of the questions I've had, I still don't understand why guys have certain values where they do. And in the end, you know, listen to this podcast, listen to learn from my mistakes, or also learn from what I'm seeing. And you're really you're going to be ahead of the curve. And again, 
don't listen to Yahoo and their bullshit grades. They, they suck. They stink. They're terrible. They make no sense. Uh, they're boring. They're lazy. You know, that, that's a trend we're starting to see in the fantasy football industry, which is very frustrating. But um, we do have a very exciting interview uh, that, that I'm, I was looking forward to. And, uh, you know, the interview went really well. Um, talking with Adam from Thrive Fantasy. That interview's coming up. Uh, I think you guys will really uh, enjoy the product that they're releasing. And uh, we'll definitely we'll, we'll talk more about it in the interview that's coming up. But, um you know, we'll, we'll have that over at NEGpodcast.com. We'll have weekly articles not only about Thrive Fantasy and some of the different picks that we like for uh, for that week, but also check out our weekly start sets as well as our week in review. We're going to do a little bit of gambling here. We have a little fun um, releasing the, the, the pick and pod every week with Sean Z, Farky, maybe even Jerry might make an appearance. The Monday Night Man make, might make an appearance. Uh, we got about seven guys on staff here at the Never Ending Glory podcast, so ton of content coming up this year, um, but uh, enjoy this interview with Adam from Thrive Fantasy. All right, tonight we have a special guest joining me on the Never Ending Glory podcast. Um, a few weeks ago, I mentioned a partnership with a company called Thrive Fantasy for this upcoming 2018 fantasy football season, and uh, Thrive Fantasy is a new player in the daily sport, fantasy sports app, and tonight we are lucky enough to have on CEO and founder Adam Weinstein on the podcast, and uh, so Adam... Let's get right into it. Thank you very much for coming on tonight, and uh, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Luke. Yeah, so Thrive Fantasy is um, – I'll, I'll give the basics, and, of course, you can give us the uh, the down and dirty. But Thrive Fantasy is a new type of da- daily fantasy sports, um, and instead of just standard yards, catches, touchdowns, and all that for the football, um, you guys do more prop bets in order to get points, correct? Yeah, so I've been in the daily fantasy sports and just the the fantasy sports sector for several years now. I was one of the first early adopters on FanDuel and DraftKings. I was like, wow, this is so much fun and so easy. I'm going to deposit a couple of dollars and win a ton of money, right? Um, Lo and behold, I deposited a thousand or two thousand dollars on those sites and never even came close to winning any money. So I consider myself an avid sports fan, but the fact is, these guys who have these algorithms, these permutations, 2% of these users are winning over 90% of the money. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't right. correlate. So I wanted to make something much easier for the casual fan and the everyday fan who doesn't have hours to do research. And what I came across was what uh, we created, which is, again, is Thrive Fantasies. For all intents and purposes, everybody listening, it's daily fantasy sports for prop bets. So We'll give a user or anyone who wants to try out our app, we give them a list of 20 prop bets. So, for instance, week one, it's Tom Brady over under 300 passing yards or Ezekiel Elliott over under 85 rushing yards or Antonio Brown over under six and a half receptions. I'm just giving examples. So really easy. We only ask you guys about the household names, the top tier talent. So you don't have to research the wide receiver for the Vikings or the backup running back for the Texans, all that good stuff. So really easy, really fun. It's a more pick-up-and-play type of feel. And and the biggest thing that we wanted to do was give your everybody a, a better chance at consistently competing. Sure. So that's interesting. I mean, I've played DraftKings, and I think I put together this, this filthy squad, and then all of a sudden I drop 25 bucks and I lose that $25 uh, because, like you said, it's kind of those algorithms are always what's frustrating. And um, everything I heard, I've heard the rumors that there's people that will place 
thousands upon thousands of lineups and win all the money. That, so that's actually legit? Exactly, yeah. So that's, that's a great point that you bring up. So the guys, again, who are winning these such small percentage of people who are winning exorbitant amounts of money, they're putting out 150 lineups, right? And they huh. will take they, they will take these crazy flyers. Again, this wide receiver three of the Titans, who we're never ever going to con- contemplate putting in our one or two lineups we're creating, but they're just like, screw it. Like, th- these guys might go off for one day, and lo and behold, they go off for 120 yards and two touchdowns, and they end up winning all the money. So it's like such a crapshoot for us because we don't have those resources or the finances to put up 100 lineups a day. But again, on our site, you don't have to worry about that because we're only asking about the top 20 to 40 athletes. So um, you'll know everybody who, who's in any of our contests. So with 20 to 40 athletes versus, you know, a couple hundred, I mean, there there could be some redundancy from lineup to lineup, correct? Sure. Yes. So again, it's all over under. So we'll give you a list of 20 props and you pick 10 of the 20. And yes, theoretically, you will have obviously the same overs or unders as your opponents. But to get the same exact 10 out of the 20 that me versus you versus whoever, that that's a very big long shot. But I, I do want to mention we have two different types of contests. Uh, we have the traditional, which I have mentioned again. It's just a singular player, Tom Brady over under certain passing yards or Drew Brees over under certain completions. And then we have versus, which is really cool, very innovative, which is player versus player. So for week one, I don't know the specifics, but it's Antonio Brown total receiving yards plus like 10 uh, receiving yards given to him as a handicap versus Le'Veon Bell rushing and receiving okay. yards. Or Leonard Fournette total rushing yards versus Saquon Barkley to- total rushing yards. So okay. really cool, something that's never, again, been seen before. And it, it's a, it's given you a different game flow, a different concept that's really fun and really intriguing. Sure. And, I mean, we've seen – I started playing fantasy football back in the late 90s. Uh, Small World was a salary cap league, and it was, it was kind of like um, – uh, stock market based. So you start with a guy for five hundred thousand, and the better he gets, the more people buy, the higher his value goes. Now I, I love this. It's it's a blast, absolute blast. Uh, Sporting News bought them out and ruined it, but that's besides the point. Um, but then we go to your your traditional fantasy football, where the redraft leagues, uh, you, you pick a team every year, and then you know the next thing up was keeper. Now the hot things dynasty, IDP. Um, there's also um, Debbie, which you you draft college players. So we're now, and, and then of course there's the daily fantasy boom. Now with with all of this, uh, these different types of games, obviously we need to see a, a a new type of game. And it sounds like the the module that Thrive Fantasy is pushing out there could be what's next for fantasy football, especially with the legalized sports gambling. So where do you see you know Thrive Fantasy? Where are you guys at now? And where do you see this going, especially with legalized sports gambling? Yeah, sure. So. We got extraordinarily lucky. I'm not going to hide or sugarcoat it. Yeah. Uh, we, we launched at the end of March, and then obviously mid-May, uh, PASPA gets overturned uh, to let sports betting become legal. So now every day, every night you're seeing on SportsCenter them talking about over-unders seven, eight times a show. So we're really excited. We really put DFS in prop bets, and they had a baby, and now that's what we've created. So the sky's the limit. We're going to be adding more sports. We're going to be adding more concepts. We're going to be adding more differentiators. And we, we 
don't know. Obviously, sports betting is in its embryonic stage. It hasn't really even been legalized by more than three, four, five states. So who knows what it's going to be. But we're at the forefront. We're at the tipping point. And we're going to be one of the, the first pioneers uh, to really get in front of the uh, in front of these legislation and just the users to show them what, what we have to offer. So we're, we're, we're excited for the future. We, we think that we have a strong product and the user base so far, obviously, we're really trying to grow, ramp up for NFL season. Um, all, all our feedback has been pretty positive. Awesome. Yeah, fantasy football is king. Um, I do have Thrive Fantasy myself on my phone. Uh, I, I was talking to Adam before this. I'm not a huge baseball guy, though some of the degenerates at the NEG pod are. Um, and we I want would, you guys. <laughs> and you'll, you'll, you'll get us. Don't you worry, because um, Adam's been nice enough to give us a promo code, or not a promo code, but a link to click. Um, and using that link, signing up with that link, you'll get uh, $5.00. Uh, every time you or the first time you guys deposit money into the thrive fantasy account and um we plan on here the never ending glory podcast over at negpodcast.com to do weekly articles about the different prop bets that we like uh so keep an eye out for that now speaking of the prop bets how do you guys come up with these prop bets can you give you what's the secret sauce behind you know tom brady plus or minus three touchdowns yeah that's that's a fantastic question so i can't give you i can't spill all the beans but Right. Lo and behold, for, for most props, they come out an hour or two prior to a game. So we do have our own algorithm. Um, I'll just give you guys the really macro, the 10,000-foot level on how we do it. So we take about averages, and then we determine who they're playing, what time they're playing, temperature, all that good stuff. And then it might not be necessarily the exact line, but we, we've done a lot of research. We, we've done a lot of algorithms, and we get semi-close, if not the perfect line for pretty much every for every player but if if we do have bad lines and you guys spot them then then take advantage of them because again you're not playing against the house you're not playing against us you're playing against users so if you see something that you like you really like then by all means uh have at it so how do you know how do people tell you that what's how do we find you on social media yeah so we're on social all the all the platforms at thrive fantasies one word uh if you do two words it doesn't really pop up all the time but yeah what we actually see it by percentages so once any contest goes live just like a FanDuel of DraftKings when you see that Drew Brees was 25% owned you'll see whether a certain over or under is x percent owned and I'll just give a, a really broad example but about two months ago we had Masahiro Tanaka and it was over under four and a half strikeouts and everybody's like, how did you make that line? It's such a trash line. Like, they're giving it to us on social. We're like, all right, well, the game hasn't even started yet. Let, let's talk after. Lo and behold, he had two strikeouts after four innings. He left <laughs> the game. And we were like, it was 85% owned on the over. And we're like, you got to play the game. That's why it's any given Sunday for football. And, right. yeah, sure, anything looks fantastic before a game starts. But that, that's why they play the game. Right. Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, a lot of times, you know, Vegas knows, they always say. And, uh, exactly. So, and, and even more, more so. So we, so I founded this company in 2016. Uh, we had like 15 months of tech. So we're on iOS, we're on Android and we're on web. So anyone who has any smartphone or uh, website, you can find us, but we were in beta for NFL last year. And we have what's my favorite contest is touchdowns only. So we'll give you a list of 25 players, athletes, 
and you have to pick 15 of the 25. Will they score a touchdown or not? So, mm-hmm. again, so easy, to, totally fun. Everybody who watches Red Zone, it's perfect for that type of uh, consumer. But week one, we had Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. Well, not last year, but we had all the top guys. They're like, this is so easy. Obviously, they're going to score a touchdown. They're like, all right. And none of them scored a touchdown. Like, <laughs> this, this is a reason why it's a ton of fun because it's such a sweat. Um, and you think you know, but really, uh, it's tough to, to get everything correct. Well, and I think what's cool about it, too, is oftentimes you're – well, when you're playing fantasy football, if you're looking at your team, you're always cheering for your guy to do well. Yep. And for all the negative a-holes out there, you can cheer for guys to suck. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So that's a mad – that's – you bring up fantastic points here. Um, so let's just say if you draft your, your draft Kings or FanDuel lineup and you have Tom Brady, right? And he gets injured in the first quarter. I'm a Giants Don't you, fan, so I I'm, I'm sorry. Don't you, All right. so, Don't you so dare. So you, you pick a player, whoever you want. Okay. Pick a, pick a whatever oh, you want. Let's go with, uh, Eli Manning. How about no, that? No, no, I'm a okay. Giants fan. So okay. Let's, let's go. How, let's go with Sam Darnold. How about that? Sam Darnold. That's fine. Uh, I apologize to all the Jets players, but, or <laughs> Jets fans listening, but let's say Sam Darnold is in our contest and he gets hurt in the first quarter. If you pick the under, like you won. So like that helped you in no other DFS contest or platform with someone getting hurt that was on your roster. Uh, benefit you so yes exactly right um these things give you different sweats like things that you've never considered so like we had over under Christoph Porzingis free throws once and every time he has the ball you just want him to drive to the hole and get fouled <laughs> so like it's a completely different entertainment purpose and again it, it's been super sticky in terms of people who have seen it they come back every day and we're growing this user base pretty rapidly so we're going to be having some massive contests coming up. For sure. No, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to getting involved this season, like I said. I mean, you know, I always get frustrated with the DFS things that, uh, to the point exactly where there's just people putting in hundreds of lineups and, I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give DJ Chark uh, any sort of thought on on a random Sunday, but uh, the, the guy who has has thrown in ten grand into this contest in order to win a million. Um, it has all those different lineups. He is going to put in DJ Chark, and it's just—it's not fun. It's not fair. So, um, I—I—I kind of got turned off from from DraftKings last year because of that. You know, I just didn't win every week. And um, you know, this year I'm, I was looking forward to—I was looking for something new, and and this kind of opportunity kind of arose, and I was very excited about it. So, definitely looking forward to, it, especially with you know, just with the sports gambling in general. Um, it just adds to the fun. It adds to the Sunday. I mean, in in America, football is every Sunday is a holiday in America, essentially, and football is king. And uh, it just, this just adds to the fun of it. And um, you know, with sports gambling, with with DFS slash gambling, with fantasy football, it just continues to to make football the the greatest game for TV. Um, and and just keeps keeps you planted on your seat for a solid ten hours on Sundays. Now. My wife might not be too thrilled with that this year because we have a 15-month-old running around, but uh, I'm obviously going to do my best to, to stay in touch as much as I can. So um, that that brings me to my next my next question for you. Do you do you still play fantasy football now that you're doing this uh, Thrive Fantasy? Yes. Yeah, so I, I want to touch on a couple points. Um, to, yes. Long story short, I do I do have a couple leagues still with my childhood friends. Uh, it's free money, so 
<laughs> no, no, we don't play for money. We we play for, oh, okay. for so for rags and whoever sure. comes in last has to do some crazy stuff. But that's for another pod. But the fact that you you talked about being in front of a, a TV for ten hours and wives or children, if if you have pre planned events, you you might be in trouble on these prior uh, sites and platforms for the sheer fact that if you have someone who's starting that 405 game and at 402 he gets a scratch right Mm -hmm. and you don't see that in time you're going to get a zero from that player Mm -hmm. and again that's going to absolutely screw over your whole lineup your whole day and possibly ruin you from making thousands of dollars so what we've done is another thing what we've turned a, a problem into an opportunity is once you create again we pick ask you to pick 10 out of 20 props after you pick 10, we make you pick two in case of emergency or ICE picks. Cool. So those are created for, let's say, one of your players doesn't play for due to weather or a rain out in baseball or he's hurt for an unforeseen circumstance prior to the game. We actually automatically implement that player into your lineup. So you don't have to worry about looking every two minutes prior to a game starting to make sure that your player is actually starting. So. Again, we're, we're making it really easy. It's a nice safety net. Um, it, we're, we're making everything something that, again, the casual, the everyday, the, the fun fan uh, gives them an opportunity to not just get crushed. Yeah, that's a good idea. And also, it's strategy could come into play, too. If, if a guy comes into a game questionable and, you know, say he's got a, a bum hamstring from the week before, but he's going to gut it out and try to play, you bet the under on him and hope that's that right. he's going to pop that hammy on the first run and then you win. I love it, Luke. You're you're a pessimist, but uh, I appreciate I appreciate that love. Well, you know, I'll be optimistic when I have to be. I'll be pessimistic when I have to be. Whatever there wins you your go. money, that's all I there, care about. That's I hear you. There's there's one bottom line, and that's the green. So exactly. I'm with you. No, so I, I'm really excited about this partnership we're doing with you guys. Like I said, we'll be doing weekly articles. Um, we'll release our, our idea of when that schedule will be. Obviously, Adam's telling us that uh, if the props get out there one or two hours before, I might have to get the. Uh, Get an email into you. And, hey, give me some, give me some, uh, some props to work with here. But um, no, we're definitely looking forward to uh, working with you guys this year and promoting Thrive Fantasy and growing alongside you guys. I think it's a great product. Uh, we don't, we don't, even though we um, we don't have a lot of sponsorships, we only take on sponsorships that we like. So we've had Buckeye Vodka and we've had Thrive Fantasy. So those are two things: Vodka and Fantasy Sports. That's that's kind of how we run here. Over <laughs> never ending. I, I love it. Yeah, and again, everybody who who's listening. Please add us at Thrive Fantasy on, on social. And what we're trying to do is make DFS for the people. So if you like something, if you don't like something, if you want us to change a couple of different concepts or, or go with a, a couple of new ideas, we're all ears. We're not the guys who are not going to respond to you uh, or 72 hours, 96 hours later be like, oh, thank you for your suggestion and, and not implement it if, if it has legs. So we're here for you guys. We, we want to make something more fun and something that, Again, you can com- you can compete at at a high level. So that's awesome. Yeah, please. Uh, we have a ten thousand dollar week one uh, guaranteed prize pool. Uh, it's a twenty it's a twenty dollar entry. So there's a ton of overlay right now. Obviously, there's over a week left um, in until week one. But there's going to be a lot of money to be had and to be won. So definitely check us out. Um, and and again, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, we, we think that this might be the next big thing. Like I said, use that link that we're going to. We'll tweet it out after this podcast is recorded. We'll put it on all of our blog posts. Um, and use that link, and you get five bucks off of that. So that means that the, the 
Costs will only be 15 out of pocket. Uh, Thrive Fantasy will buy you a beer. I don't know if it's a beer in Manhattan. It's probably like, what, half a beer? It's like seven and a half ounces, maybe. <laughs> oh, God. New York prices. I've been there once. I never want to go back. Unless Thrive Fantasy invites me in for, like, the VIP treatment. Then I'll take We're, that. Well, we have some massive opportunities and, and thoughts that we'll, we'll have moving forward. So hopefully uh, that that's something that's more of a real realistic opportunity than, than just something fantasy wise. Sure thing. We'll definitely, we can, we can talk offline about that. Let's but, do uh, it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we're really excited about it. We're looking forward to seeing you guys grow and um, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap this up? No, just lastly, we're, we're excited to, to be with never ending uh, really good guys over there. It seems like, uh, what they're pushing, what they what they have to uh, talk about is very aligned with what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're happy, and uh, hopefully we, we can grow together. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, so um, check out Thrive Fantasy, Thrive Fantasy on Twitter, on Facebook, all that good stuff. Also find them in the App Store. Uh, download it. Use our link. Get $5 off. Go sign up for that $10,000 guaranteed prize pool, right? 10000 That's right. Yeah, $2,000 to first. There you go. So sign up for that right now. Um, it's Thursday night. You have just over a week to get into that. So uh, fantasy football season is right around the corner. NFL is right around the corner. Uh, get excited. Win some money. Screw you, DraftKings. Let's go Thrive Fantasy. My man. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for the time tonight, Adam. Sounds good. Talk soon. All right, so I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. Um, like I said, it went really well with him. Uh, easy to talk to, good dude over there. Um, great guys over at Thrive Fantasy. I've talked to a few different people over there. I think there's a lot of big things going on there. And uh, definitely get on board at ground level because um, that thing's going straight to the moon, especially with sports gambling coming into um, you know popularity here in America. Uh, which was about 20 years too late, but whatever. It's besides the point. So, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the episode tonight. Next week, you probably won't hear just my voice. Uh, you'll hear the sweet sounds of Sean Z and Farky most likely. So I won't be boring you for a solid hour of just me rambling on about different guys that I like or I don't like. Um, but, like I said, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Never Any Glory Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Um, you know, Rank us, like us, subscribe, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. Have any starter sick questions, feel free to send those to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on email. Our email is negpodcast at gmail.com. We love talking to you guys and helping you guys um, you know, succeed in uh, the 2018 fantasy football season. So that's it for tonight. We'll be back next week to recap all of the week one fantasy football action. And boy, does it feel good talking about that. So we'll talk to you guys next week.